Welcome to the Purposeful Parent Podcast, a podcast for inspired parents. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. I'm a parent of two little girls and the founder of Inner Architects. I love guiding parents and giving them a space to meaningfully connect, communicate effectively, break cycles, and learn to intentionally parent their kids. I'm an educator, a children's book author, and founder of Language Ninjas. With Language Ninjas and my books on the power of our words, parents and kids are given tools to empower their language. On this podcast, we are highlighting parents and educators who are choosing to mindfully show up differently for kids. Welcome back to another episode of the Purposeful Parent Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Sean Bassock, a holistic business coach and a father of two boys. Through his business sales and expansion, Sean supports holistic coaches and healers to start and grow their coaching businesses so they can do what they love and get paid well. When Sean isn't supporting coaches, he loves spending time with his partner and two sons going on adventures and doing all the fun things that come along with being a dad. Sean is passionate about spirituality and self-growth and using business relationship and fatherhood as a way to grow and awaken, show up as a more loving, compassionate, and present person in every area of life. And his goal as a father is to make sure his boys know in every moment how loved they are and that they can be and do whatever they want in their lifetime and that he'll support them with every step of the way. So Sean, I'm excited to be talking with you. Like we said earlier, um, we've we've seen each other on the screen through Enlifted Courses, but this is the first time we've actually gotten to talk. So glad to be talking yeah. today. Oh, I appreciate it. Really um, happy to to be chatting with you. And I've once again been following a little bit about what you've been doing with the with your with your books and this podcast. And it's um, yeah, it's I'm excited to chat. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been following ever since you and Nick were doing um, your gym with the kids. So, which I, I'm having a hard time remembering the name now, a few years later, but I've been following you two for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the youth Academy. That was a really special time of doing that with Nick and, um, working with, working with a lot of thousands and thousands of kids over probably five or six years. So yeah. Fond memories of those times. Yeah. Um, so I'd love for you to start us off with telling us the story of like giving us your background, um, as well as mm-hmm. taking us on your parenting journey. So we'll let you yeah. start. Yeah. So I have a, I have a memory of finding out that I was going to be a parent. This wasn't a, a planned thing. You know, I was very young at the time. I had my first son when I was 25. My, my partner was, um, 21 so we were really young parents to come into the into the journey and I remember one day she rang me at work and there was some some emotion and I instantly knew what was happening and I was in the middle of like chainsawing some trees and I was just like oh I need to go home I got some stuff to deal with and um there was in that time there just became a I instantly felt this sort of energy of providing like I need to step up now and I really need to be an intentional man I need to be a man who is um, capable of providing for a family. And I really kind of went from, you know, a young 20 year old dude who was kind of, you know, kind of starting to step into being on purpose and and living an intentional life, but also kind of still messing around a bit with some, you know, with partying and things like that. And 
that 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 phone call and that that experience finding out I was going to be a, a father um, really brought a a grown up um, purposeful energy into my life, and it has been there ever since. And I went through the that journey and of becoming a father quite young, and um, had some real hardships as as most parents do um, challenges of. For me, feeling uh, reading the books and doing the the birthing courses and things like that, and then actually being um, handed handed the child and handed my son Mason and going home for that, and you know, for the first sort of ten months, him not really sleeping and all the things that that brought up, and um, that that really led me onto a path of self growth and you know supporting my supporting my partner at that time with um, the parenting journey and really looking into myself taking an, an inward look at myself on um because of, for some some reason there was something telling me that you know the answers lie within and i was trying to get help from midwives and gps and and different family members and that that was somewhat useful but i i, I began to realize that the real answers that i needed to move through these challenges were within myself and that really led me on a a, a growth of um a path of um I guess um, an inward inward uh, perspective on life. Yeah, um, kids really bring that out too. <laughs> uh, so with that, like you're you're starting on that journey, you're learning about yourself. Um, did you feel too like leaning into your intuition was guiding you in this journey? Mm, absolutely, it's it's something that I've been quite connected to even as a child I had a strong intuition and at the same time I was still looking outside for answers I was still looking to my parents for answers people in society teachers friends wondering if anyone could sort of give me the answers that I was feeling deeper within myself and um, there's been there's been mentors and people from my life who have, have helped that and at the same time um, going within and things like meditation and things like um, journaling and paying attention to my emotions and um, inquiring into what's there has been um, the greatest teacher in, in helping me to connect to my intuition and be able to um, access my own answers from within. Yeah. Uh, so in this, this journey in parenthood um, wasn't, wasn't like the typical path because you now like for a while mm. you're, well, yes, you you did the single dad path. Um, yeah. So, mm. uh, would you mind taking us further in that journey? Like, mm. how how was that um, moving into being a single parent, and now how are you navigating co-parenting your kids? Yeah. So, it was kind of an, an interesting experience where i i felt that i had some level of groundedness so I, my second child came along and i'm like yeah i'm in this you know dad life now i'm in this role and i i'm identifying strongly and heavily with being a dad and that's you know i used to say at that time that you know i do everything for my kids and I'm working for my kids and I'm, all these things that i do is, is for my family and for my kids and there was a level of honesty to that and and also a level of um not being connected to a deeper part of myself and they became a time where I was starting my coaching business and this really ties into why I do what I do now. But 
I, I, I left my nine to five job with, with no safety net. And I just was driving. I, I used to do uh, council work, like landscaping for the, the local government, the council. Right? And I remember walking to my truck one day and I'd just been, I'd just been knowing for some time that this wasn't right for me. I, I had a deeper call to help people um, with their health and, um, and their life. And uh, one day I just went to open the door to my truck and I just put the keys back into my pocket and said, that's it. I can't, I can't do another day of this. And I went home and well, that was a, a powerful decision. I don't necessarily recommend doing that with, <laughs> with a single income, a parent, you know, a mortgage um, and two kids uh, without really a, a, a solid safety net of, of income. But that was my path. And within the year or two following that, I was really hustling to start my coaching business and, and failing quite a lot. I'd get some clients and come back down and the income wasn't consistent. And I brought a lot of hardships to my life. And um, there was times where the the local charities would come over and they'd give me food stamps, you know, come over and give me food stamps for, and I was buying organic food there and they'd give me like $150 for the week of groceries. And I was like, it's $20 for an organic broccoli. <laughs> How is this going to work? But I, and I remember, you know, the two kids sitting on my lap and, and I'm just like, what's happening? And I, I just, it was a very interesting time to go through that. And my partner was very supportive. And it also became a time where I was so stressed about money that, you know, I began to somewhat not see the signs of a marriage that was, um, I guess, breaking down. And that led to a time where my wife came came home one day and I was with my two sons and she she told me that um a guy from a guy from my work and her were um you know becoming emotionally involved and that she wanted to pursue this relationship with him they both wanted they were both you know he was married also mm. and that was a very I instantly went into shock and that's a very interesting experience in itself. And I went into shock and I remember getting my keys in my wallet and kissing my two sons on their, on their head and saying bye boys and left the family house to never come back. And that was an incredible, um, incredibly challenging period of time. And it led to uh, a deeper, a deeper look within and, you know, a year of, you know, being by myself and no, you know, um, physical intimacy with with women I didn't I wasn't dating at that time I was really just um, committed to unpacking all the insecurities and the reasons why I had created this event um, and being part of it and how I was going to um, what I wanted instead and that led me to a lot of compassion for myself and a lot of forgiveness for everyone involved and including myself and compassion a deep sense of compassion that was and forgiveness that was needed and acceptance mm -hmm. uh, it was a hard one to was a hard one to um to accept and uh and that really i, I made the choice to to once again choose a way of living that i was going to be proud of a way of living that um yeah i could really hold my head up high and really um be proud that I was navigating in this situation and being really honest. And um, that's led to a lot of, you know, my, myself and the boys' parents, uh, their mum, we speak like every other day about the kids and we're in a really, um, a really beautiful relationship. Um, there's been some really challenges with that. And, you know, my kids, at one and three, they were one and three at the time. And the questions were arrived like, you know, why, why did you leave the house? Why, you know, why is this going on? And having to explain that to them 
while also be honest with the emotions that were there for me around mm. rage and um, anger, deep anger and pain that was there. Um, co-parenting now is, it's a real, it's an interesting one because I grew up in the family with uh, my parents were stayed together and they've been married now for 30 years and they've got that kind of the really committed sort of relationship. So I hadn't had experience of co-parenting and, and living in a sort of a separated household. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sharing custody of the kids and you know, them staying with me and then going back and forth, it brought up a, a lot of, a lot of things. And more recently introducing them to, to my new partner who I've we've been living together for 18 months and, and navigating the, the, uh, navigating the um, obstacles that come up with that and, mm-hmm. and really first and foremost la- allowing myself to um, open my heart again allowing myself to to feel open enough even though there's there's worry that you know the the same thing will happen again mm-hmm. and repeat and the, the pain that's there and also you know my boys um, you know allowing themselves to open up to to my partner and you know, or us all being at place together has has um, also been a, an incredible uh, opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. It's so so much there. Um, few things came to mind. Like, I'd like to talk more about like what that looked like going and really feeling those emotions, but mm. that opening up to like just listening to you t- you talk, um, thinking without even without kids in um, my relationship it's like yeah it's it can sometimes be hard to feel like you can fu- I can fully open up just because sometimes I've had conversations like those honest conversations of like is this relationship for, for us um you know mm-hmm. really getting open and allowing yourself to feel the things and experience the scared and also like 50 more years is a long time. <laughs> but yeah, that opening, there's a, there's a lot of, um, a lot that goes into that too. And then mm-hmm. mentioning as well, like for your kids that they've, they've also are learning or they get to learn within this, how to open up and allow in that love for someone else, that love with the love attached to the fear of like, what if they leave? What if, mm-hmm something happens again um and there's a bit a beauty like a, to be able to embrace that is something that's really challenging but there's a beauty to it as well when you're able to do that so yeah being able to do that for yourself and then allow it for your kids as well is huge yeah yeah i i Going through going through tools, and I, you know, I a few years ago I did some some coaching with Mike Bledsoe, and that led me to doing um, TCS Training Camp for the Soul and Lifted, and an incredibly valuable skill that I know that you are very familiar with, and is is incredibly um, life changing for those mm-hmm. that um, have that capacity is the ability to be able to feel without some level of commentary or going into the story and the beliefs and fueling those feelings, but just being able to be in the body and feel those sensations. And I became proficient at that um, in my own space, in the safety of my own space, like in my own room. And I was able to do that through the healing of the, the transition of my marriage. 
interesting, inter, interestingly, there was another stage of it being able to be vulnerable in front of my new partner when these mm-hmm. things came up in our relationship where, you know, when we were physically intimate and I didn't feel like I could um, fully be there because um, I felt still in some way a bond with my wife, even though we had been separated for two, you know, two or three years, there was still some level of my heart that didn't feel, um, that felt connected to that relationship, right? And some type of guilt that I was, you know, with this other woman, even though the marriage had ended, you know, years prior. And, and being able to then be vulnerable enough to, to be with that with my partner became another step to it, another, another level to it. And I had the capacity to do that in the safety of my own room and no one would, you know, see me cry or whatever the emotion was. And then being able to do that with, with my, with my partner there, who I'm very blessed is incredibly um, adept to emotional work and she's an emotional spiritual healer in her own right so having that capacity is really really useful in a partner Mm -hmm. because she was able to hold that space and guide me through that um and we could be in that place together um and i and i really encourage people to learn to be able to be with their emotions and hold everything that's there hold the hold the guilt hold the shame hold the hold the pain whatever the capacity is and be able to hold that in the body without needing to distract myself through um things like um you know masturbation and masturbation and you know porn and alcohol and netflix and the things that i used to use it for but actually just be able to be with the sensations and the feeling and allow them to pass um to be able to show up as a, as a present um, father and, and actually now having those skills both myself and my partner emily having those skill, skills means that we can support my boys with that also mm-hmm. yeah yeah with the with your boys while going through all of this too um like you're learning about you and you're you're learning to process your emotions what was it like navigating navigating the motions with them as well um mm. what things did you notice came up um and how did you work through it yeah be Going back to, you know, when I was single parenting and before I began to, you know, be in a relationship again, I felt once again proficient in being able to navigate the emotions of my boys. And oftentimes when they were at that age, it was simply just holding space for them and allowing mm-hmm. them to move through the emotion. Um, and they would come and then they'll and then they'll, you know, be crying and they'd be tantruming and then they would it would be gone and they would want to cuddle me, right? And that mm-hmm. was the process. As they got older and things sort of changed it also began and um, Emily was actually the one who sort of noticed it because it, it wasn't for my elder son in particular when we started living together and they would come over he would have this emotion but he wouldn't actually move through it he wouldn't you know get over it mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense it wouldn't sort of pass like it had used to and she began to realize that you know he just he needed more reassurance and also needed more reassurance he needed more um comforting and co-regulating versus him just sort of moving through it he just needed um assurance for me and reassurance that i was there for him in that space and so you know a lot has come up from my from my kids within this experience and for the for us as a collective in this household and you know for my for my youngest in particular who is now four and you know we got when he was he was two 
I think when we started sort of dating. But he would have this real heavy emotion and he'd be looking to Emily to console him, but also wouldn't feel safe to allow her to do that. And all she wanted mm. to do was to cuddle him and have that that mothering sort of nurturing energy, that real feminine energy that she that she has. And it feels natural for her to you know, comfort him and cuddle him. And he was wanting that, but actually wouldn't allow himself to actually receive that support because he's thinking, you're not my mom. Mm. And even though he wants that mother energy and he's looking to her and he's screaming and crying, when she would actually sort of move towards him or offer some type of help, he would be telling her to go away. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want her to see him and get out of the room. I don't want you to see me and, mm. you know, hiding and things like that and became a real thing, a, a real um, event of both the boys wanting myself and Emily to support them, but, you know, only allowing me to support them. So if mm-hmm. I was out or, if there was some type of situation between them, you know, they were always asking for dad, which is, which is fair enough and understandable. And there's also another part of them that wants to be able to open up to Emily. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, not allowing themselves to, because they, they're, you know, I, I imagine they're confused. I imagine because, you know, this, I'm feeling that I want to connect with this person, but she's not my mom and she takes attention away from my dad. And she, you know, and it's this kind of really interesting situation. And I guess where we're at now is, what's been really helpful is, is talking through it. Mm. We, we come to a place where we, you know, we sit at the table or we sit down and we just, um, I grew up with, you know, if, if I was feeling some level of emotion or if I was in trouble, I would go to my room and I'd shut the door and my dad would come out with the belt later on. If it was it's something that I had, you know, done where, um, feel like a, you know, that was the, that was the consequence of that. Mm. And so it was very shut away and no one saw anyone else's emotion. It was hidden away. And I feel really blessed that Emily has come into this family because that was my sort of go-to for my kids too for, in some capacities. But, you know, she has brought the light of like, you know, let's um, bring it more into the open and be with it all together. And this is really important. So once again, I've been able to hold that emotion for myself where my pattern and what I learned was the anger and the expression of the anger and sort of, building up emotion and then mm. tipping over. And, and instead now I'm first and foremost, what I think is really important to note is being able to stay centered within myself, even when there is some type of chaos and the boys are fighting and the, you know, they're yelling at Emily and all these things are going on, be able to be in this place of, of calm. And, you know, we sit down and we, we talk through it and the boys have um, really gotten capable and comfortable and in the the habit of talking about how they're feeling they're feeling and sharing it and now they're in a place where they share it with each other and it's really um i can really see how this is laying the foundation for them to be able to be um present and confident adults and 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 humans that's huge yeah i i also came from a family of like you get you do something wrong and dad's like, you better, you're going to wait till dad gets home. And, um, then yeah, there'd be a spanking and, or we'd be put in corners separated from each other, sent to our rooms, all of that. So learning the emotions, um, learning how to do anything other than bottle them up. Um, it's a process as an adult to, to learn, to 
change that behavior. Um, so the listening to how you and Emily have been working together to help with the boys too to navigate that. Um, yeah, those are those are important tools that they're gonna going to have. And um, I'm curious with the the tantrums, the the getting upset and having a hard time to calm down because of not knowing what to do that can, that can feel like a lot in adults can bring up a lot of emotions as well, especially when you want to be that comfort, but instead you might get yelled at or pushed away. So in while navigating that, um, do you have come up with any, any tips or any, um, anything you can pass along to parents that are in those moments because they happen. And a lot, oftentimes, um, the, when kids are feeling dysregulated, we're also feeling dis unregulated, dysregulated. Mm. And so what, what can parents do when they're in those moments? What are some tips that you have that you've learned for helping regulate? Yeah. The number one, the first thing that comes to mind that's been useful for me in my understanding is having the capacity myself to be able to feel the emotions and, and hold those emotions within myself and practice that embodiment practice where I'm able to move through those emotions and do that. That gives me a better sense of when I'm in that situation to be able to do that for myself and hold it and also understand what's happening for the, for the child for the other person, right? And I get a better sense of what's happening and how I can stay centered and also not getting dragged into the emotion and sort of losing myself and into the emotion of myself or the, you know, of my child and getting drawn into it and then becoming uh, reactive. So I, I, that first piece of being able to feel your own things and practice that is, in my experience, the uh, sets the foundation because then it you can start to understand what's happening for your child and for yourself and um, and move through and not necessarily be drawn into it and and choosing something that I have chosen many times, which it may be uh, snapping or you know losing myself and getting getting angry and, and and lashing out. So that's the first thing, and the the second thing with that is being really present, like hyper-present, super-present. I really like what Eckhart Tolle writes in his um, A New Earth book, which I have right here, and he, and he talks about with um, around children. Have you, have you read it? No, not yet. Read that book? It's a really fantastic book for a number of reasons, but there's a particular chapter and area around parenting, mm. and it's around the balance between honouring the role as a parent and also meeting the your child or people in general in this sort of formless state or this presence, this sheer, just unconditional love state. And oftentimes people, and this was true for myself, I got so identified with being a dad and the identity of that. And that is became very limiting for me because that was who I thought that I was and who I thought that I am in the totality of that I am versus understanding that I'm more of a multidimensional sort of um timeless being and yes i'm doing the yes i'm fully honoring the role of parent i'm also understanding that at another level myself and my ch my child and my children 
are all the same thing. We're all based in um, the same, have the same essence. And I can meet them in a place of, and meet them in a place of presence. Mm-hmm. And, and that the deeper, the depths of it, I really think that that's what children are longing for. This sort of present state, this being state where it's, it's, it's naturally unconditional love because you're just totally in a place of presence. Um, and sort of this being state is really useful throughout the day or throughout the time spent with them being super present. Um, and that sort of, in my experience, fulfills that need that that longing that they have where you, the deeper part of, uh, each other yourselves mm-hmm. are meeting there and you're sort of meeting at the level of father and son in my case, but you're also meeting at the level of soul, or the metal, the level of just oneness of things and sort mm-hmm. of both levels, all these levels are also getting met, just not fully staying in the, you know, have you brushed your teeth, you know, get in the shower, that sort of way of relating. There's another way of relating. There's other, um, another aspect to it and meeting them there mm-hmm. throughout time but then also in that state of when there is a tantrum and just really being super present, hyper present, it almost is like the place that they are needing you to recognize, you are recognizing that. Mm. And you just holding that present state, me just holding that present state really helps them feel seen and loved and um, to move through that and, and come back to, it inevitably comes back to love again. And then they come and we cuddle and it's, you know, in that harmony again. And um that has been a useful uh, concept and practice for, for me. Mm. Yeah. You think about too, like with this, if you look at kids as a mirror to yourself as well, because they, they do mirror back to us a lot. Um, if they're feeling, feeling like their emotions are high, what, what do we usually want when our emotions are higher? What are we missing? And oftentimes it's like, I want to be heard. I want to be loved. I want to feel connection to someone, something. Um, there's these basic needs that are there. So yeah, if we can break it down to those needs of like, oh, are you looking for connection? Like, do you need mm-hmm. some some physical touch? Um, do you just need to know somebody's there? Um, and mm-hmm. that when you're ready, like, we'll I'll still be here. Yeah. Are you needing to hear? I love you right now. Are you just needing somebody to hear you while you have a rant? Um, and if we're able to, if we're able to do that for ourselves too, like noticing like, yeah, I'm mad right now and I need to rant. Um, or I just really need some connection with somebody or with myself because I've been going through social media or listening to everybody else and I got disconnected. So yeah, I'm, like in what you're saying, I'm hearing too, like find that, that way of seeing what needs, need, what needs to be met and just finding that connection there. Mm. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. One more thing that I'll say regarding that, that piece is on this, uh, this level of the concept of, you know, we've all got our work to do, right. We've all got mm-hmm. these lessons that we, that we get to that we get to learn and you know which which usually comes back to what what can i love and in this sort of dynamic as that i've been in as a as a father in every area of my life whether it's business or romantic relationship there's these um events that happen and bring up 
some level of call it trigger or emotion for mm-hmm. me right and i've noticed that in the the family dynamic it's like there's this collective group lesson that it's for all of us you know it can be for all of us if we choose to look at that way and so i used to have and i still have these things that come up and it's um it might be a, a particular fear or something that i haven't fully integrated or alchemized and accepted and i re- i realized that i've realized that the more that i accept what's here within myself the emotions and accept what's happened in the dynamic for example accepting that my family um structure is different than what i would have previously thought that i was going to have mm. or thought that i wanted right and so that took me a while to just accept that this is how it is right now and in the the parent child relationship and also the, everyone else that's around you know my partner emily there's it seems to me that these events happen and it brings up things for everyone and we all get an opportunity to work through it. and then when mm-hmm. we work through it we are all free of that right mm-hmm. to some degree it might be totally free of it or you know we've worked through it to a fair degree and so i think it can be useful understanding for the parents to understand that whatever's coming up for your child is is likely coming up for you also there's something that's coming up for you and it's like this collective sort of lesson that's going on and so when you have that understanding you can come to the place that we're all in this together and we're all you know helping each other um grow in this capacity and it can become a because i i notice in in society oftentimes what what i experienced as a child and what i see is that parents want the child to move through the emotion or they want to stop doing it because mm-hmm. it's bringing up stuff for them it's you know stop crying doing this and we get um shamed a lot or pushed down to not feel that and that's first of all because the parents can't hold the emotion themselves and stay centered um it's secondly having w- within that because of that they're struggling to have the compassion for the child and be able to hold them in that place and and if we take it into the place of acceptance and this is what's going on and what's 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 the lesson that's coming up for me and for the collective here and how can i do my part in healing whatever is there for myself in my in, in my observations it seems to me that once it's worked through once the lesson is learned and it's worked through whatever it may be it's gone and then you just move on to the next thing mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those collective lessons. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those ones. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine with kids, it's even more like, oh, I get to see the basic level of this even. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really, it's, it, I, I like that. Um, just when you're noticing there's something going on especially if you're hearing something in particular from the kids, like taking a look within the whole family unit and Hey, there's most likely something we're all feeling of this in that way. So yeah, I like that. Um, and getting to move, move through it and past it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much, this is a great conversation. (laughs) I like really like the whole idea of like how you're talking about getting in touch with your your emotions um really 
learning about yourself so that you can be the best parent, um, the best, the best partner, the best parent, the best version of yourself. Um, because Melissa and I have talked like, it's been a common thread as well of take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next there's a partner they like your relationship with the partner comes next. And then the relationship with the, uh, kids, um, it, there's, it's important to be making sure that you're tending to each of these mm-hmm. relationships, but putting yourself first and then the support system and then yeah, the family unit as a whole, so that you can all work together and um, you can be the best, um, most present for the kids when these things are coming up. So yeah, Mm. it's so many things. (laughs) Um, We, we like to ask our guests who, if there's one actionable item that you could suggestion or item that you could give to parents for how they could, um, yeah, parent purposefully parent, um, do take on parenting intentionally. What's something that you would recommend if they're starting their journey that they could do? Mm. I recommend that parents really be honest with themselves. And this is in every area, in every context but being really honest with themselves and seeing what's there seeing where they are you know possibly um, choosing to sacrifice things you know sacrificing um their hobbies sacrificing their their dreams or pursuing their dreams because of the children or sacrificing you know staying in a relationship there and then that's right because of the children taking the concept of being really honest with what's there and it may not necessarily mean that anything needs to change maybe there's a conversation that gets to happen maybe there's just maybe there's just a a holiday that you need a break that you need and you get away for you um by yourself for a little while maybe it's um hey yeah there is things that have come up for me and i've been avoiding feeling it i've been avoiding what's here i've been scared of having this conversation with my husband or my wife or whatever it may be but taking the concept of being really honest, and this really plays into your, your and Melissa's concepts of, you know, putting yourself first and, and looking after these sort of areas of the family unit. Being really honest with, um, you know, what do I what do I need, um, and understanding that needs are always met from within. So, what do I get to uh, give to myself? What do I what do I get to give to myself and how is that going to allow me to be able to, to show up? Taking that concept of being really honest with what's here, what am I feeling right now? Or what do I, what conversations do I get to have? What have I been avoiding? Um, what, are, what are the dreams that I have that I've been telling myself that I can't do that because of X, Y, Z and that it needs to wait until the kids grow up or I just can't do it because of X, Y, Z. How can I start taking steps towards that thing that my, that my heart's yearning for? is an invitation that I would um, offer to everyone and I offer to myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) And then where, where can our listeners go to find out more about you or if they want to reach out to you and ask any questions? Um, And in that, is there anything you'd like to add about what you're doing um, with your Mm. coaching, your business? 
Yeah, it, it, you know, at the base level um, of supporting coaches with growing their business, um, at the 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 underlying message message that message there is that we can have our life be whatever we want it to be. We can be be whoever we want. We can do whatever we want. We can have whatever we want. And it makes sense to me. It feels good to me to think that I might as well. I might as well create you know the dream life that I want. Um, and for many people, coaches in particular, people in particular who go through some level of transformation, they oftentimes um, want to then, you know, go and help people with the same thing or similar things. And what I do is support um, those people, those coaches, whether they've just started their business or they're already in business in a while and want to expand their their reach and their impact to be able to um, connect with ideal clients and learn heart-based marketing sales that really um, feels good and grows the business in a way that feels good and allows them to help a lot of people. So um, for coaches, um, you know, online right now, I'm talking a lot about um, coaches and helping coaches, you know, um, grow their grow their coaching business to be able to, to support people and both with the strategy and the mindset around that because there's a lot of belief stuff that gets to happen allowing around money and worthiness and your message and being able to show up online, et cetera. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's just Sean.bastock on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are a coach who's interested in um listening to more about the topic around business and growing your coaching business so that you can help more people and uh you know live the lifestyle that you want. And maybe that just looks like for you that hey, I get to leave my corporate gig, my corporate gig and coach full time, whatever the dream is. I also have a Facebook group which is called the Heart Based business strategy for purpose-driven coaches you can find me there and uh if you're not a coach you're also welcome to follow along i also talk a lot about living with intention living with purpose um and creating the life that you really feel within yourself that you want and um actually bringing that into fruition and living that yeah and i'll have all those in the show notes too that's so yay um is there anything else you want to add before we wrap I um I appreciate you. I appreciate mm-hmm. your message, Kristen, and um, Thank you. The, you what you are putting out in the world. And we spoke a little bit about your about your books, and this is such a a topic that's dear to my heart. Regarding you know, it is a it is a big role, the mm-hmm. role of 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 parent and um, and uh, with with the the message that you're putting out and sharing, it goes a long way on and teaching kids how to. Um, you know, be really who they are at their core and allow parents mm-hmm. to support them to to see that and to uh, embody that and live that is, is um, it's very important. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Purposeful Parent Podcast. We had a really great time talking with our guests today and hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Make sure to check out the show notes to get more information on today's guests and to check out what they are up to. To learn more about Melissa and Kristen, follow The Purposeful Parent on Instagram. You can also check out what Melissa is up to by following Inner Architect on Instagram. And to keep up with Kristen, follow Language Ninjas on Instagram. We'd love to hear how you are choosing to purposefully parent, so please feel Feel free to reach out and say hi.